Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon, and instead of telling you to go to facebook.com slash groups slash phototaco and asking to be a member of our awesome Facebook group out there where there's lots of participation and people asking questions and getting answers, instead of asking you to do that, I want to ask you if you'll go give me a review in iTunes for the podcast. We have thousands of people who listen to the, fo- the podcast But I have like 70 reviews, internationally even. That's not just US, that's internationally. And I really need the help. I need people to go and give me more reviews so that we can make sure that the show shows up in one of the top lists in iTunes and the audience keeps expanding so we can keep this thing rolling. All right, good. Now that we got that out of the way, let's get into our topic for today. And I need to warn you up front super, super geeky. It's going to be a discussion that uh, it may lose some of you. I, I hope it doesn't. I'm hoping I can do a good job of being able to to describe it without thinking you have some kind of IT background to understand what we're going to have to go through. It's a question that C.A. Eccles posted on the Facebook group, and I'm really glad she did because it is something that I remember dealing with when I first delved into uh, to Lightroom. When I first got going with it and decided, oh boy, this is good, and I really want to use this. So um, it's her question reads like this. It says, hey, Jeff, I read on the Adobe forum that Lightroom struggles when catalogs exceed X number of images. I re-listened to a podcast where Nick Page said he had over 750,000 images in Lightroom. Maybe I misheard. I don't think he did see it. I think he has that many in in his portfolio. But what I was wondering, what are the limits, if any? And is this where exporting as a catalog comes in handy? Looking forward to more awesomeness in 2016. Thanks, CA. And, oh, would you please talk about catalog corruption? So I will do my best to tackle all of those topics. Let's see if we can get through it. And if I can make it so that I don't speak in terms that people don't understand. I'm going to do my best to try to not take an IT background as part of what you have to have in order to understand the show today. Okay, so let's talk about some of the super geekiness. You just have to have it when you talk about this to justify my opinion. Because just to directly answer the question, C.A., And everyone else listening, I personally do not believe you need to split up your catalog at any point with some certain number of photos that you put in the catalog. And there's a lot of reasons why I will get to, I believe that to be the case. There's my own experience, but I've done some testing recently too. Since I knew I was going to do this podcast, I wanted to go dive in and do some testing to see, does it matter? Uh, What does it mean? Is there a point at which you need to split your catalogs? But really, I don't think you need to unless you want to use it as an organizational technique. If it makes sense to you that you want to split up photos in two different catalogs or multiple different catalogs because it's an organizational advantage to you and how you run maybe your photography business or do your hobby or maybe it's a mixture of those. You like your hobby photos, your family photos in one catalog and your professional business photos in a different catalog. Totally valid to do that if you're going to use it as an organizational technique. I personally don't use it that way. I really, really like being able to have keywords across my photos, all of them at once. I like having collections that I can make with my photos, 
all at once. I really, really like having all of my photos cataloged together. That to me is an advantage. It, I can go find something if I've done a good job of doing collections and keywording. Uh, even the folder structure can help so that I can find it, but the searching, it, it's really a lot better to me if I have all of them in one catalog. I have no intention of splitting my catalog. But if that makes more sense to you, if it helps you to manage your photos better, to have them in a separate catalog, that would be a valid reason to do it. But a performance or, or other technical reason, I don't think you have one for splitting your catalog. So let's get into why I can say that because I think I have some testing results. They're not super scientific, but it's, it's convinced me that that is truly the case today as we're talking about Lightroom in March 2016. All right, so to understand this, there's a database that is behind Lightroom. And a database is something that stores information. You can push data into it. You put information like metadata from your pictures, whatever your camera put on there. You have your keywords, you have your collection definition, you have all of your different sliders and uh, adjustment brushes and filters and whatever else you've done in Lightroom. Something has to store that because we know Lightroom is a non-destructive editor. It's not actually changing the picture itself. It's just got a pointer to the picture and then saying, and I want to apply these changes to it. And it does it on the fly. It does it as you're looking at it in, in Lightroom or when you export, then it finally merges all those changes into one file. And when you export, it gets put out there on your hard drive with all those changes done. But until that happens, and what Lightroom's doing in the catalog, it has a database that it's storing all of those things in. It's called SQLite, and it is a really good database. It's something that started back in the year 2000, so it's been worked on for a really long, long time. And it's not just used by Lightroom. It's, it's really preferred by a lot of applications for a number of reasons. It's free, so that helps. Although Lightroom or Adobe could just pass on the expenses of any licensing of a database if they needed to, if there was a reason to have that. But it's nice for them that it's free. It doesn't require a server or a client. So it's, this is part of the, the point of no IT understanding or knowledge that I need to get to. It's like you, you can have, if you use SQL Lite with Lightroom, it's just Lightroom running. It doesn't need, it doesn't have a dependency or have a need to have another program running with it where some software might need that. And some needs for a database could be bigger than what SQLite provides. And then they might need that whole separate program that's just the database to run and keep things going and accept all the data and so on. There's big vendors for that. There's, there's people like Oracle and IBM and Microsoft. They have databases that are intended for really serious like transaction management stuff that's we're not even going to touch today. But uh, Adobe elected to use SQLite and it's not a bad decision. It's, it fits really, really well for what they need with Lightroom, something to store all of that information I talked about, the metadata from your camera and images and all of the stuff that you do with the sliders and brushes and rate and filters and everything, keeping track of that. But here's, here's a few other things that are using SQLite because it's far from the only one doing it. It's on every Android, it's on every iOS device, it's on Mac, it's on Windows, it's in Firefox, it's in Chrome, it's in Safari, uh, Skype uses it, iTunes uses it, Dropbox uses it, 
It's in most television sets. If you have a smart TV especially, it's in there. It's in a lot of set-top boxes for the TVs. It's in a bunch of automotive multimedia systems. Countless millions in other applications too. It's, it's all over the place. SQLite has been heavily, heavily used. So it was a good choice for Adobe to do that. I'm not sure they realized it back in 2006, 2007 as they developed Lightroom but they, they make, made a good choice. It was a good choice. And I'm sure they, they did some work to figure out which one they wanted, but they ended up making a really, really good choice there. There are some limitations we'll get to in a second, but let's talk still more about how Lightroom kind of started with this. Now, I can see why it is that some people may have uh, come to the conclusion they need to split their catalogs for performance reasons or technical reasons. That things just work better when you split your catalog after you reach a certain number of pictures. I've seen it, CA, in the same post. I, I, I know what you're talking about. When you go search the forums, even today, I've seen it even in 2016 in the forums, the suggestion about, oh, everyone knows that Adobe will never admit to it, but you really need to split it at 20,000 photos or at 30,000, 50,000 or, or 100,000. I've seen all kinds of numbers thrown out there as I've read through the forums. And they always say the same thing, Adobe would never admit to it. Well, I did my best to search and find if Adobe ever did recommend that you split a catalog, and I can't find anything. They, they never really, I, have, I can't find any evidence that Adobe ever thought this was a practical thing you should do once you reached a certain number of photos in your catalog to split it. So I, they've never said it, and I needed to go test this. Um, and it, I really just don't think it's a problem today. So I dug into some information about SQLite. I knew about the, the offering that was out there, this free open source database that a lot of applications were using, uh, but I didn't know some of the limits of it. I knew there were limits, but I didn't know what they were. And so I, I went and looked up the technical specifications of the database and what does it support? What are the limits that it has? So it does have a limit about how many rows can be in a table. It, it totally has that. And um, you can't write any more than that. When it reached that limit, it's done. You can't write any more records to the database. It can't put any more metadata in, or it can't put any more slider or other information in there. And the number is 18 quintillion rows. <laughs> quintillion. Okay, that's bigger than, than you can even imagine. It's huge. That is a ginormous number. It's so laughable. You can store every single photo you take forever in your life in a single catalog and not reach the limits of how many rows can go in this type of database. There is no way you can take so many pictures that that'll be the case. Even if you're just pouring them in every single day, you are not going to reach that number. Now, there is another limit that turns out it's impossible to hit that 18 quintillion rows. So the technical um, specifications make it possible to get there theoretically, but there's another limit you'd hit first, and that's the size of the database on the disk. There's a single file in Lightroom, they call it a .lrcat file, but it's a SQLite binary file. It's a file that's written onto your hard drive, and that's where all of this data is going. All the keywords, all the collections, all the virtual copies. Whenever you do anything in Lightroom, pretty much, any button you move or slider you touch or whatever you do, it's putting information into this little database. It's inside of this one file, the .lrcat file. 
and there's a limit on how big that file can be on your hard drive. There's limits from the operating system too, but just for argument's sake, it, it, the database is designed to go up to a maximum size of 140 terabytes. That's big, <laughs> really big. Now, don't confuse this with how big your uh, photos are that are in your catalog, because that can grow really, really fast. So just to give you an example, my current Lightroom catalog as of March 2016 has 58,958 photos that I imported into it. Okay, this is over the last about four or five years. So 58,000, let's just go 60,000 just to make it a nice number to talk about. 60,000 photos I've imported. They are together right now. Let's see, early on, I, I really did JPEG. I didn't do RAW. So I switched to RAW some years ago and... But over that time, over the time I've been using it, the all 60,000 images, my on the disk, those photos are taking up about three terabytes. So that's not in my Lightroom catalog. That's just the raw photos that are on my hard drive. It's taking three terabytes, all right? The size of my .lrcat file, the size of this SQLite database file that Lightroom has created to put all my catalog information in, is only 2.7 gigabytes, gigabytes. So three terabytes of photo space, uh, 2.7 gigabytes of um, metadata in the SQLite database. And I know that's probably hard for a lot of you to get what's the difference between those two. So to tell you, the, the SQLite database size is about 0.09% of the photo size you will get way more photos. The disc will be taken up by your photos themselves way, way, way before you will reach a limit on the SQLite database. So to have that thing grow to 140 terabytes, you'd have to have so much disc, you can't possibly do it in a consumer kind of device. You can't get enough in a Drobo. You can't get enough in a NAS. You can't get anything big enough in a consumer device to store that many raw image photos. So the database portion of this, it has no chance of being the limit that you'll hit when you're using Lightroom. You're gonna hit other limits way faster. You're gonna run out of disk space because you have too many pictures, but way before this database is big enough for it to be a problem. So from a purely technical perspective, those limits that are there on how that database can be, they are not even something that can be touched. It's not a problem. All right. So how then, why is it people thought you need to split them? Well, you have to remember that this was built in Lightroom a long time ago. When they first released Lightroom in early 2007 with version one, they released it with SQLite, which at that time was a project that was only seven years old. And that may sound like a long time, but in technology time, I don't know, as far as researching and building something like a database, that's not a lot of time to find all the problems, all the issues, everything that you might need to be doing, especially for one that's not a commercial product. This isn't something that's being sold commercially out on the marketplace. This is something that a bunch of people got together and decided it would be really cool to make something that worked like this. And they, I mean, there's people getting paid to do this, but a lot of them are just kind of donating time and working on it. Uh, the, the way that they're getting the feedback from the way people are using it was people just deciding to use it. And the progress of it 
is not exactly fast on, on this kind of a thing. Still, seven years, they worked on a lot. But and so more likely why it was having kind of struggles in the first few re releases and why people found if they split their catalogs, they, it, things went better. It's probably just the Adobe engineers figuring out how to use it. They may even, Adobe may have found challenges with SQLite because they were using it differently than probably anyone else had at that point. And maybe they found some bugs. Maybe they found some issues. And they worked with the SQLite team to make it so that this backend database that the application relies so heavily on works better. Whatever the reason, I'm confident that at some point in the beginning of Lightroom, the first several versions, there was something to what people are saying, that you needed to split your catalog. People probably split their catalog at some point, just deciding to try it because they wanted to try anything to make Lightroom work faster. And they did it and they went, wow, look at that, that brand new catalog I created. Wow, there's just going way faster. I think that probably happened. That's probably the case. And that's the story that's maintained over time and keeps being perpetuated today. So I went to do some testing. I went to do that very thing. I wanted to split the catalog. I wanted to go try between the new catalog and the one that I've got my 60,000 images in and see if there's a difference. So I, what I did is I took my last photo shoot. I exported that as a catalog, which made a brand new catalog that only had that photo shoot in it. It was a tiny, tiny little catalog at that point. So I think it was 377 photos, not very many photos. It was a pretty small, short photo shoot. And I, uh, so I did that and I, what I did, well, the reason I did an export was I wanted to have all of those changes that I did on the photo shoot in there so that I could compare them. It, it's not really comparable to try to like redo, reprocess your shoot with another thing. Cause you'll do it differently. Anytime you go through them again, you'll do the processing differently. It won't be exactly the same. And I wanted to make as close a comparison as I could make it as much apples to apples comparison as possible. So I used the old catalog and I timed how long it took me to just scroll through them, just not call scroll through them on the, in the film strip. I went and, and showed it in the develop module full screen. So then Lightroom had to pull the photo up. It had to apply all of the different settings of this, the sliders and the uh, filters and the adjustment brushes, whatever I would have done uh, in order to update the display so that I could see my edited photo. And then I'd hit the air, right arrow to go to the next one as soon as loading went away on the screen. And I went through all of them, all 377 images as fast as I could. So I did that first in my catalog that had 60,000 images total in it and timed it. And then I did it in the new catalog, the export one, where all I had was those 377 photos, not any of the rest. And the times were pretty much the same. I mean, they of course weren't exactly the same. I didn't do it exactly the same way, but within, you know, definitely in the margin of error on that, it, it was, it seemed no different, but I didn't stop there. <laughs> this is a database and I'm an IT guy. I know how to connect to databases. And there's a really simple, easy, free tool out there. And so I grabbed the tool and I went and opened up the database. I took a look inside, which I've never done before. So it was really, really interesting to go do that and take a look inside that database and see what's there. But the cool thing about it is you can go do queries, uh, which means I ask the database to give me all of the data it's got for a certain, in a certain area. 
and I can, and it times this program I use to look inside, it times how long it took for that data to come back. How long I ask the question to the database and how long did it take for the database to give me back the data that I asked for? And there is no difference between the two. I got back my 56, 58,000 records. I did a search on the image table, um, which is the, the biggest, uh, the table that grows with every photo that you import. I, I grabbed back, I said, give me the data for that. It came back in 52 milliseconds. I then asked for the same query in the one catalog where it was the 377 images alone, the same thing. It was about 48 milliseconds. So yeah, okay, it saved, what, three milliseconds, two milliseconds? Not much, four milliseconds, whatever it was. I can't remember what the what I said. The, they're all rough remembering. I, I didn't write down what they were because it was just the same. It was so close, it didn't matter. It didn't matter that I had 60,000 images imported into the, the one versus 377 in the other. The performance of SQLite was exactly the same. Okay, so... I hope that I've explained it in a way that you can understand that from a technical perspective, there is no reason to split your catalog. You may feel like when you split your catalog, it went faster. That It may feel that way because you really, really want it to. It's so slow, you really hope that, <laughs> that something can help. But I'm telling you, by doing some testing, it doesn't matter if you split your catalog or if you keep it together and you have every image in there and you put a million images in there, it's going to be the same. It's not going to dramatically change how fast Lightroom is to split your catalog. Now, there are some things you can do, and I wanted to mention them briefly and then we'll end the show. But there's some things that you can do to make it faster in Lightroom. Obviously, Lightroom is going to go to this catalog a lot, right? They're going to write to this database, the SQLite database. It's putting data in there all the time, and it's doing reads and writes from that database constantly. And if it's living on a slow hard drive, or even worse, if you locate your catalog file on a network drive, like a NAS, that's not a good idea. So, because it's, it's just too slow. You want the location of that catalog to be on a place that is fast, as fast as possible. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if in the future, the near, not too distant future, Adobe changes something so that they actually put a portion of that database up into memory instead of going to the disk. They may be doing that, some of that today. That's, that's totally possible that they could be doing that. I didn't look into the details there to see if they are today or not. But it wouldn't surprise me if to make things faster, they didn't do that. Use RAM instead of disk. And that's a technical differentiation you may not all understand. But one, the RAM is way, way faster than any, even an SSD drive. Memory is way faster. All right, so that's one thing you can do. Put your catalog on an SSD drive if you got it. If you can, put your lo locate your catalog file on an SSD drive. And I will bet you will see a performance improvement. Don't put it on network. You might, a, a, a Drobo, it probably is fast enough on a Drobo uh, if it's directly attached to your computer, say through a Thunderbolt port, that could be good. Uh, USB 3 is gonna be a, quite a bit slower than, than even an SSD or internal drive, so that might not be as good. So if you can put your catalog file 
on your computer's hard drive, and if it's especially if it's an SSD, that will help rather than having it be like on an external drive or especially on a network. If it's network attached storage and NAS, do not put your catalog out there. It's way, way, way too slow. Even if it's if it's gigabit links, it's too slow. Okay, that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do, although I'm not sure it's really gonna make meaningful differences, but I know when you exit Lightroom, you're reminded to do a backup every once in a while, right? You know that you've seen the screen, you exit Lightroom and it says, hey, you haven't done a backup in a bit and you wanna do a backup? And how many of you say, oh yeah, I'd like to do backup and wait for the 15, 20 minutes for it to do that or less? You probably don't. You're probably hitting cancel, you don't do it. Well, there is something that Lightroom is doing when you do a backup that really can help. And there's two things that, two functions or operations that can be done on a SQLite database to kind of make it go faster, kind of clean up any stuff that's out there that's that's old and not needed and make things so that it can go as fast as possible. And one is called analyzing the database and another thing is called vacuuming the database, which aren't, isn't that cool? They call it vacuuming, <laughs> like you're cleaning up the carpets with the vacuum. But that's really kind of what it's like. It's it's going through and it's finding some stuff in the database where it maybe got a little lazy, maybe it left some garbage around. And by cleaning it up, you're gonna improve the performance at least a little bit. Not probably all that much, but a little bit. It may help some. And when you do a backup, Lightroom is doing that for you. It's optimizing the catalog. You can also just go optimize the catalog without doing a backup, but you may as well do a backup too. And then it goes and copies. So wherever your .lr cat file is located on your computer's hard drive, there's a backup folder there. And in that backup folder is where it puts all of the backups. And as near as I can tell, it never gets rid of any of those backups. So if you are, if you've been using Lightroom for a long time, and if you say yes, whenever that thing says that you should back up when you're exiting Lightroom, it says, do you want to back up? And you say yes. It's copying your full LR catalog file into that backup directory every single time. When I looked today, the last time I went and cleaned up the backup directory had to have been close to a year ago because there were 23 backup files out there. And each one of them was about two gig because my library is about my catalog is about two gigabytes of space, a little over that. So I had I just today freed up about 40 gig on my SSD drive because I just deleted 22 of those 23 backups. I only need one. I don't need more than one. I'm not going back to the one from February 2015 and using it. So I got rid of that. Another point to make real quick here would be if you really want to back up your your database, your LRCAT file, um, having it be in that folder is not the best place for it. You should go and put it on some other drive somewhere so that if something bad were to happen to your drive, you can get it back. So anyway, you can, after the backup process is done, you could go into that directory and manually just move it to another folder somewhere. That could be on NAS. That's a great place to use NAS network attached storage would be to grab that backup file and stick it out on there because you're not gonna access it very frequently. Last question that CA had was about corrupted database. This is another fragment that I think is around because in the early days, this happened a lot. They were learning how to use SQLite. They were learning, uh, the SQLite people were learning how to prevent problems. And Lightroom, again, was probably pushing it to its limits. It was using it in a way it never had before. There were lots of discovery things going on and you ended up with a corrupted database. What that meant was something bad happened at somehow 
to where when when Lightroom launched and it said, hey, go open up this SQLite database to get the catalog file settings and read the data out, it tried to open up the file and it didn't find what it expected. It has to be written in a very specific way. The file has to have some stuff in it that it's gonna look for so that it knows how to use the data and information. It has to be structured in a very specific way. And when it went to go look at it, it didn't recognize what it saw and said, sorry, I can't open this thing. It doesn't look right. It's corrupted. Something bad happened. I don't see it happening much today. I've never personally had a corrupted catalog. Not once. I've been doing it for a while now. I've been using Lightroom pretty heavy since Lightroom 4. I have four years worth of trying to use it. Never once had a corrupted database. And so... I don't know what to say there if it's something to really expect much these days or not, but that's kind of what it is. And there's some tools out there that can go to try to fix it. I, I know there's some tools that just try to fix SQLite databases in general. So that can be helpful. I know Lightroom has some tools where it tries really hard to do some things to fix things up. It may try to optimize the database as one of those things, do the vacuum and the analyze, see if that helps to fix the file. But I don't think it's anything really that much to worry about right now. What you want to make sure you do is back up that the catalog so that if it happens, you can go back and not lose six months, a year, whatever it might be. So if you're really worried about a corrupted database, back it up once a week, once a day, maybe the end of your day, whatever rotation makes sense to you to make it so that you feel comfortable that you're not going to lose a lot. Go do a backup, and then you'll have another database file that you can pull over, even if it's on the same hard drive. Hopefully, it's not because the hard drive is, is having a problem, and you'll be able to get there. So, okay, there you go. There's my super, super geeky episode to talk about this. Hopefully, it makes sense, and uh, I, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hey, be sure to visit improvephotography.com. It's the mothership for the podcast and keeps us going. And, uh, and it, there's really, really good information out there all the time. News, gear, photo tip articles. Jim and the team are doing an awesome job of keeping really good content out there. And if you're not visiting improvephotography.com at least once a week, you're missing on some content. And you're going to have stuff that you're going to be able to learn. So make sure you go visit there and check it out. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!